Hello, I'm Mike Baselli, your host for this podcast and the global community that has rallied around it. During this episode, we learn from an innovative healthcare business executive in both venture-backed and Fortune 50 organizations and why she launched her company while starting a family of her own and seeing firsthand the gaps in healthcare for consumers. Leah Sparks is the CEO of Wildflower Health, a company incredibly passionate and deeply committed to growing healthy families. By integrating their technology into healthcare and personalizing the user experience, Wildflower helps the entire healthcare ecosystem meet today's consumers' expectations, which is driving a meaningful impact for the health of families across the nation. While together, Leah shared her personal and touching story she and her family experienced and why she has dedicated her career to helping other families like hers and beyond. Leah also updated us on how Wildflower is helping families across the country during the COVID-19 pandemic and how healthcare providers can access their platform for free during these trying times. I'm grateful for Leah and her team for dedicating themselves to making intelligent connections between consumers and their healthcare as Wildflower's work is needed now more than ever. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Leah, welcome to our podcast and thank you for taking the time to be with us today. It's great to be here, Mike. Well, Leah, I'm eager to learn more about Wildflower Health and why your company is so passionate to help grow healthy families and empower the chief health officer of the home, as well as discuss how the company will continue to positively impact the health of families across our nation well into the future. But before we dive into your inspiring work, Leah, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please make sure to join our free online community at passionatepioneers.com in order to share feedback and ideas and interact with the global ecosystem. If you're listening to this episode via our online community, thank you for being with us. And lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Leah, it's almost time to hear more about Wildflower Health and how you are simplifying a complex system, creating new pathways to care and surrounding moms, partners, kids, and aging parents with the information and support they need to thrive. But first, let's take a moment to break the ice a bit so our community can get to know you. I'm going to select one question here out of three. Ooh, here we go. What's one thing you love to do outside of your pioneering work at Wildflower Health? Yeah, one thing I really love to do and have a lot of time to do lately is cook. I love cooking for others, for myself, certainly for my family. And and you know, one of the analogies I give with cooking is that it takes such a long time to make a difference and make change and create new things in the healthcare system when you've worked in it like I have for so many years. But in the course of one evening, you can make an incredible meal and feel like you've really accomplished something. So I I really love to cook all types of food and and share it with others. It's sort of my way of 
of showing love in one respect. I'm the same way. So I have a Traeger in the backyard. If you're not familiar with the Traeger, it's a kind of a smoker barbecue all in one. You know, you can smoke ribs for like 10, 11 hours, brisket for 15 hours. That's what I love to do is barbecue for others. So I got to ask, of course, Leah, what's your favorite dish to make for others? Fried chicken. So although I live in California, I grew up in Tennessee and my fried chicken recipe was handed down from my grandmother to my father to me. And we love to get a big (laughs) a turkey fryer we put in our backyard. And at least a few times a year, we cook huge batches of fried chicken and share it with friends. I love it. You know, you can't take the Southern cooking out of anybody that quickly, right? It's going to be with you for the rest of your life. I love it. Have you ever done in the turkey fryer? I've done it once. Have you ever deep fried Snickers bars or anything of that nature? No, I've not. Oh my God, they were so good. We <laughs> we rolled them in pancake dough and deep fried them. And yes, this is a healthcare innovation podcast. So this is like the exact opposite. But you know what? It was an incredible uh, treat for one Thanksgiving many years ago. Those deep fryers are amazing. Well, fried chicken it is. Thank you for sharing that, Leah. So let's dive in. Now, I know Wildflower Health, you guys have been at it for almost eight years now. And what I love about a lot of companies that have been started by leaders just like you is the aha moment, is the backstory, is the why it happened. And your colleague, Teresa, she took time to write a beautiful nomination for you to be on our podcast. And here we are today. And she stated the following, Leah. She said, after Leah's personal struggle to find the care and information she needed to better navigate through her high risk pregnancy, she was determined to find a way to reduce the silos in healthcare and bring better care to pregnant women and families. Wildflower Health was born. Can you share a little bit more about that? Can you talk about that personal story that deeply sounds like deeply impacted you and then fired you up and determined you to start a company to help others that went through exactly what you did? Can you take us back to that moment in time? Yeah, sure. So back in 2012, when I was sitting on my couch filing the incorporation documents for Wildflower, I had worked in healthcare for about seven or eight years at that point. And always in healthcare technology, always trying to bring innovation to this market. But when I was sitting there in 2012, I was pregnant with my first child. And it had been a really tough journey to get there. My husband and I had had about five miscarriages prior to having a healthy pregnancy. It was a long and winding diagnosis to figure out what was going on. And while I was sitting there pregnant, finally, of course, I was relatively high risk pregnancy because of my history. And, you know, I realized through that journey that. While I was you know, an academic and an expert in healthcare, I knew nothing about the experience of being a patient until we went down the road of starting a family. And you know, as Teresa wrote so well, I was really shocked by not only how siloed it was between my providers and my health plans, not talking to each other, but also what a lackluster patient experience it was for someone like me who really wanted to be connected and really aware of what was going on with this pregnancy. And I was just, I was dealing with paper and phone. And I really contrasted that with my experience of being a consumer while I was pregnant, which was, you know, beautiful apps and shopping for your baby shower. And I thought if we can bring this terrific consumer experience and put it inside the healthcare system and connect it to healthcare, we'll not only give families a better experience when they enter the healthcare system, often for the very first time, But potentially, we can use that technology to get the data, to get the engagement, to get the connections to more quickly diagnose problems like the ones I had, more quickly drive interventions that will reduce complications in a pregnancy that that are costly for the system and devastating for families. 
And that was the original inspiration for Wildflower. And we've really stayed true to that North Star ever since then. And before we dive in a little bit more, there's lots to discuss about Wildflower and all the things you have accomplished at the organization for almost, again, eight years. But let's stay there for a moment. You mentioned five miscarriages, a long journey with you and your husband. Did you see and did your family see the same things recurring over and over again as you guys continue to try over and over again? Did you see the same things happening? And is that one of the reasons why you started the company as well? I would say the challenge that I saw in the healthcare system throughout the journey, going from my OB and having miscarriages, seeing a reproductive endocrinologist, back to my OB, then to an MFM, and then my health plan and employer kind of sitting on top of it, completely clueless about what was going on and sending me things that had nothing to do with the journey I was on. I saw these, while every provider that I had, I will tell you, was terrific. There were just these huge gaps in data. And as I was getting bounced along in this journey, this is, you know, a bigger problem than I, I saw Wildflower Health, I acknowledge. But, but even as a patient, I had a hard time transferring what had happened to me with this history into a different provider. And my, I'll never forget my health plan sending me a letter when I was you know, late in my second trimester at best that was on black and white paper and said, you're high risk because you're over 35, so please call us. And I thought, I am high risk. But I was higher risk in my first trimester because of a health history that you know nothing about. And I'm actually perfectly healthy now going into this now near delivery. So just the lack of information that all these stakeholders who are more invested in my care had because of the gaps in the system was shocking to me. And I thought, you know, there's lots of problems to solve there. But the most obvious place to start for me was to really empower that patient, that pregnant mother and her family to be the steward of her care, to be able to tap into education, resources, data, to help make those connections initially on her behalf. And then over time, I believe we could build up the ecosystem to begin to connect the players. And that's really been the journey of this company. Well, and we're going to, again, dive into that journey here in just a moment. But one thing that I also love to discuss with founders like you and an area that I get incredibly passionate about and really fires me up is how do we continue to knock down the orthodoxy, blow up old silos, old way of thinking. So with that, Leah, back in 2012, when you started having these ideas to act on exactly what you just described, was the industry ready for it? And not on the patient side, but more on, you know, on the delivery side, were providers ready for this? Were they like, no, Leah, everything's good. We've been doing it the same way for decades. We're good. Did you get pushback? Any experience or thoughts there? Absolutely. Especially in 2012. It's hard to believe how much has changed in years. I mean, literally, I remember going to people saying, we're going to start a, a, a mobile health pregnancy company. And some people thought it meant driving around in a van to deliver pregnancy care. Wow. It, wasn't, I mean, it was just... It was different, but I, you know, it's a great story. I think if you, if you're solving a real problem as an entrepreneur, you will often have the best early customers find you. And my, my two earliest customers who are still our customers today found Wildflower in the very early days after we'd gotten into an incubator with Rock Health, we put out a press release or Rock Health had, I should say, who's very good at marketing that these are the new eight companies in our class. They're, you know, fresh out of fresh out of starting up. And I got a call from someone from the state of Wyoming saying, hey, we read about what you're doing in maternal health. We're a rural state. We have some of the worst outcomes in the country in our Medicaid population. Will you come to Wyoming and 
and, and talk to us about us being one of your pilot customers, which was just incredible, right? I live here in the Bay Area. Everyone thinks innovation is happening on the, in San Francisco and Boston. This was the very first customer call we got in the state of Wyoming Medicaid. So that was incredible. And then the second customer that we met and worked with us was Apple as an employer. And so we've just been really fortunate to have an experience to work with all types of, of families and demographics from the very beginning of this company and really move the needle on outcomes and engagement, and, you know, no matter the situation, no matter the population, and really prove this thesis that engaging women and families in a compelling consumer digital experience can make an impact on care. Well, let's talk about those customers and more importantly, why they are flocking to Wildflower. You know, on your website, it states that you guys come to work with one thing in mind, making healthcare work better for families. So with that, Leah, take us through, maybe give us a little bit of an extended elevator pitch of Wildflower Health. What have you built? Why is it more important and salient now than ever? And then we'll also talk about a little future state, what you and the team are doing within the coronavirus and this new reality that we have with the pandemic. But let's talk about that quick elevator pitch on what is Wildflower Health. Yeah. So you know, Wildflower is today, and it's evolved a lot since 2012. Again, the, the mission hasn't changed, but the way we deliver it has gotten more sophisticated, more impactful. So today, you know, I really see Wildflower as a technology-enabled clinical solutions company that works to engage the patient, engage the mom and her family, and connect her in a hyper-personalized way to her healthcare resources, her not only her provider, but her plan, her community resources, other things she may self-nominate that she wants to be part of her ecosystem, so that no matter what journey she's on, whether she's in fertility treatment or planning a pregnancy, she's pregnant, she's taking care of her children or going through menopause, she can tap in to a digital layer that helps her complete workflows with her provider, keep her data longitudinally, understand her health benefits, tap into care management as appropriate, and really feel like she has that trusted guide to healthcare. And that's really the, the promise to the user. But what that then does for our stakeholders, and half our customers today are health plans and half are providers, so large health systems, and we work directly with outpatient providers. From their lens, that technology enables them to be more efficient, improve their ability to connect with whether it's their member or their patient, and as a result, get data more quickly so they can identify issues, identify risks, and take action to help that woman and her family, again, be as healthy as they can, have the best quality metrics that we can, and, and most importantly, have the best outcomes for whether it's a birth or a kid or a woman navigating some type of episode so that we can obviously continually really improve care and the cost of care in this country. And when you talk about patients that are using this, can you maybe discuss a little bit about the patient mix? You mentioned health, you're working with health plans. Are you also working with the safety net? And maybe you can discuss a little bit about that patient mix. Yeah. So about half of our clients, I mean, again, the beginning of the company was Wyoming Medicaid and a commercial employer project. And we, it's been that way ever since. So half of our customers are Medicaid on the health plan side. Half our customers are Medicaid and Medi-Cal plans. And when we work with health systems, easily half their patient base is financed by Medicaid program, which is how, you know, pregnancy is financed in this country generally. About half the births are financed by Medicaid. And what's really incredible is we've done six or seven studies, both published studies in peer-reviewed journal articles, as well as medical claims and medical record analyses. And we've had really compelling 
outcome studies, both in the commercial population and the Medicaid population. And when we look at our user data, we actually see higher engagement in terms of sessions per month and retention on our applications in our Medicaid populations than we do in our commercial, which is a really interesting dynamic. And and it's not dramatic. It's maybe 25% higher in Medicaid, but it really tells you something. And, and one of you know our hypotheses and something that has sort of turned up in some of our user research is that when you're you know, a, a mom on Medicaid, those resources that you get from the system are really important. You know, a lot of our Medicaid clients not only cover the benefits, but maybe they're offering transportation services or they have community health workers or public health nurses that will come to your home. And families want to tap into those. They want that help and support. And we make it so hard sometimes for people to navigate and find that stuff in the healthcare system. And so by putting it right in the palm of your hand in a hyper-personalized way based on what you've told the app about yourself, hey, here's something you might want to try if you can't make it to your prenatal appointment, is just so powerful and something that women are clearly really looking for. And what have been those results? We have a lot of data geeks that listen in on the podcast. Can you quantify a little bit about uh, what you discussed and, and what that means for our nation? You know, we, we definitely need to reduce uh, cost of care and increase outcomes. Can you quantify a little bit of your work at Wildflower for our audience? Yeah, yeah. So we, at our very first client, Wyoming, we did a peer-reviewed journal study showing improved rates of prenatal appointment compliance and reduced rates of low birth weight babies were the two most significant factors. And the low birth weight babies were about 75% lower than the sort of baseline measurement. And the leading, to be really clear, the leading indicator of that is not you had a, a pretty app in your hand, right? If that wasn't the that was, we were an aid to achieving that. What we saw in that, those early days with our first clients is that we could up to triple the amount of women that they were engaging and risk stratifying, if you will, just meaning getting some data on them so they could connect those women to what they needed, whether it was, a again, a, a transportation benefit, a quit smoking program, or a care manager to really support some other issue you're having. And that is, you know, it's, it's really the technology's enabler that leads to those better outcomes We've had a couple of claims analysis showing up to thirty-five dollars to $40,000 savings per high-risk pregnancy. So women who have risk factors, and we really support in the application with personalized care plans. Again, that connection through the app to care managers who help support that mom through her pregnancy, you know, it's had really compelling savings amounts that we've seen in claims analysis. So we can certainly quantify it, and it's really important to our team. I mean, we obviously... We love the work we do. We're very proud of our product, but it's the point of doing it is to make a difference and to really improve those, those outcomes and that cost of care. And one area that I'm incredibly passionate about is to continue to help, and especially with this podcast if you, if for audience, there's a lot of episodes, previous episodes around the topic of mental health and well-being. Leah, and I don't know if you have an answer for this or not, but have you seen any work or any needs from your users around mental health or have you seen mental health improve and well-being improve for the users because now all of a sudden they have the resources they need, which then I would imagine then drop, you know, reduce anxiety. Can you share anything around mental health and well-being for the end users? It's a great question. So we have not done a study on prenatal or postpartum behavioral health issues, but, you know, from the very beginning when we literally, when we first started the company, and then first started commercializing six or seven years ago, we, when we looking at the data, we immediately saw across populations and demographics, factors that we flagged related to stress, anxiety, depression, you know, continually popped up. And so it's something that we have continued to augment throughout the company's journey. 
A few years ago, we digitized the Edinburgh screening tool for postpartum depression. We scored in our application and then route women to the resources available through their provider. And we've, you know, even with the with the COVID-19 crisis, you know, obviously we we cranked out a lot of clinical content. We also cranked out a lot of, we call it lifestyle content, but it was, it was articles about the stress of being in, in isolation, the stress of maybe having to homeschool your children, work at home, the anxiety that is associated with this pandemic. So it's something that is just really, you know, part of the, the way that we create content, create tools. It is something I would love to study. I think that, you know, candidly, Mike, one of the challenges is I think we do a good job at Wildflower of pushing out content of identifying women with, you know, who maybe are struggling with anxiety or stress or depression, a whole range of, of issues, but there, we still have a huge shortage of resources. So I, you know, we, we have some clients who are hesitant to activate the postpartum depression screening tool in our application because they say, so I identify a woman, what do I do next? I don't, we don't have the mental health professionals in this community to help. So it's definitely a huge challenge that I think we have as a country and is arguably going to get worse as we come out of this pandemic. And we have people who mistreatment during the pandemic or it's been exacerbated due to this, this crisis. Well, if it's just one voice, I hope my voice uh, will continue to help root you and the Wildflower team on. Please keep at it. Recently, we had uh, Dr. Megan Jones-Bell, the chief science officer on from Headspace, Dr. Benjamin Miller, the chief strategy officer over at Wellbeing Trust. This is a very important topic for us here at Passionate Pioneers and for our online global community. So rooting you on there, keep up the great work because uh, mental health and well-being for a nation is needed now more than ever. So thank you for your dedication there as well, Leah. Well, let's talk about really one more item. I want you to help us define a term that we keep hearing in the marketplace and given you're right in the heart of it, I'd love to hear kind of your definition or your thought on this. And then we're going to dive into a little bit of future state and what Wildflower is doing around COVID-19. But before we go there, Leah, you know, Wildflower serves as a digital front door that's connecting users to care and personalizing education recommendations. We're hearing this term digital front door more and more and more. Can you help us understand what that means, define that a little bit? Because I know it can be applied to many different types of healthcare technology and innovation. What does digital front door mean? Well, it means a lot of different things to different people. We at Wildflower believe it means a hyper-personalized navigator for the consumer that is bespoke to the specific need they're having with healthcare at the moment. So that's why we think of our technology as a digital front door for women and family health. We are not the digital front door for a cancer patient, right? So if you're navigating cancer, you need a different digital front door. We would love, we, you know, we see ourselves being able to surface an issue and make a handoff, but that is an, an intense episode of treatment that you need a different level of digital navigation. I think the mistake that we could be making as an industry is trying to have a one size fits all digital front door. Because I think if we've learned anything about healthcare, obviously consumers are really different. Their healthcare needs are very different. Where they live makes a big difference. And if we try to make a generic front door for this industry, we're going to fail. And we also emphasize too much just the value of transactions. Of course, I'm thinking of the EHR front doors, if you will. That's not really consumer engagement. You know, going on and looking at my lab test and that's it is not that exciting. Seeing my lab results and having some context around them and being able to maybe track them over time, 
based on something I'm dealing with is engagement. And so I think ultimately this industry probably needs multiple front doors based on where a patient is in her journey and, and that are connected longitudinally so that the journey can be seamless. So if I've been going through my pregnancy, I'm tracking my women's wellness issues, I get a breast cancer diagnosis, I need a seamless handoff to a digital front door that can help me with that acute journey. And I'm hoping we will get there. But that's where I, that's where the ideal state in my mind. Well, I'm going to jump on that soapbox with you. So move over for just a moment because I couldn't agree more with you, Leah. I think uh, healthcare is personalized. Healthcare is local. Healthcare is unique to that person. So I couldn't agree with you more there. And if we try to genericize uh, this journey moving forward, I think it's going to fail and fail miserably. But I, I also agree with you wholeheartedly that as an industry, we need to be working together for those handoffs. Like you mentioned, if a mother comes in and there's a flat on potential cancer need, let's make that seamless handoff. And I know there's ways to do it. We're a, a very smart and enabled body industry to be able to do exactly things like that. So it's my hope as well. So I'm right there with you. And now I will come off that soapbox. But thank you for letting, <laughs> thank you for letting me jump on uh, to it and, and with you. So let's dive in a little future state here. Obviously, I usually love to ask leaders on this podcast like yourself, what does it look like over the next three to five years? We don't even know what next week's going to look like with things changing so fast with this pandemic. So maybe you can share a bit what's going to be happening in the wildflower camp over the next, you know, 6, 12, 18 months. And then also, what's the team doing, if anything, around COVID-19? What's going on there? Yeah, well, they're related. So I'm going to answer your, your second question first, if that's okay. You know, when this crisis hit a few months ago now and really hit home, you know, we did a couple of things. Once we immediately responded on behalf of our clients by cranking out the content related to COVID and kind of bespoke to their location and their their user base. But um, we also took a step back and thought, well, what, what is our role? How could we help? And what is the future going to look like? And how do we help our clients get there? And literally that very first week that we were all remote working at Wildflower, and still are, we huddled as a team and after doing some, you know, polling and talking with our clients and some of our advisors, you know, it became very quickly apparent that OBGYNs in particular were obviously quickly standing up as many remote visits as they could to protect the safety of their patients and obviously have continuity of care during the crisis. And what we learned was that while it was relatively easy for these clinicians to activate Zoom or FaceTime or their telemedicine software of choice, what was not easy was really creating a great patient experience to go with these remote visits. So if you think about a prenatal visit, it's not just a video check-in. I need, you need blood pressure data. You need a reliable weight reading. Ideally, you know, you have the ability to hear the baby's heartbeat. You need to take a urine sample. You, the, the woman needs to have answered probably a few questions so that the OB or midwife are really prepared and can have the best experience possible when you get on that video visit. And all of those were not only gaps, but they were creating a big burden on the practices who were already strapped under this crisis. And then their staff having to do a lot of work and help sending back and forth secure emails, trying to, to get this data and, and the education to the patients. And we thought this is the purpose of Wildflower. We can help solve this problem. So we quickly over the past couple of months launched a new product that is really an extension of our existing uh, Wildflower platform, but is tuned to be a, a workflow and patient experience guide 
for remote visits. And actually, we found it also applies to in-person visits just as well. But specifically for the remote visits, getting the patient set up, shipping her devices if she needs them, helping her, you know, test the video software in advance if she's never used Zoom or whatever the provider's using, and, and then passing that data back through a physician app or through EHR API so that the clinicians have data in advance of that appointment. And I'm really proud of our team for setting that up so quickly. And we also made a decision as part of doing that, that we were going to offer a version of that product nationwide to any outpatient practice that sees pregnant women and needs help right now. And so we've been onboarding beta sites and offering this to um, outpatient practices at no cost so that we can really help support this crisis. And I think it lends itself to where we, we see this company going in the future. I mentioned that I really see Wildflower as this technology-enabled clinical solution, clinical management company. And I, I think that's a journey we've been on for some time to be more than just the software wrapper, but to go deeper and deeper into clinical workflows, into really making deeper connections with data, with processes between a patient and her clinician, her health plan, her employer, and enabling this remote visit and also in-person visit really helps us do that better. Um, so that's the first piece. And, and I guess I would say as part of that, you know, we not because we work with so many health plans, we work with about 20 health plans covering 50 million lives, we not only have the ability to go work with providers and help them practice more efficiently during this crisis and beyond, but we can also work to bring in the health plan and help navigate, well, we're doing these remote visits. How do we get this blood pressure cuff covered so that the patient isn't paying for it or the practice isn't paying for it? How do we begin to build clinical programs around this so that the providers and payers are in better alignment um, as we as we navigate the future? And um, and I think that will help you know better move Wildflower down this path of truly being, you know, a solution for improved alignment between the payer and the provider, um, improved um, movement towards new payment and care models. And that's really where I see the company going in the future. Well, bravo for you and the team for quickly standing up a new product in the face of COVID-19. I will say as an aside, I have been so impressed and amazed by many leaders just like yourself that have quickly pivoted or turned parts of the business to focus on COVID-19 so quickly. So thank you for doing that. And of course, bravo for offering up the platform to many users uh, for free during these trying times for our country. So thank you for sharing that. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you where we can find more information online so our community can get a hold of you, the team, and really experience all the wonderful things at Wildflower. But before we dive into that, I'm going to ask one problem, need, or question that you have that our community can help you with or contemplate. Can you share with us one of those so our community can be of help to you? Yes. I have been wondering in, in the wake of this pandemic, if we are going to see an acceleration or a slowing down of value-based care initiatives. I could make the argument either way. And I think at Wildflower, we have a bias to help accelerate them to the extent that we can. So if anyone in the community has an opinion on that or has ideas for us on how we could help accelerate that, please, please, I would love to hear from you. Oh, that's a great question. And for our community, do head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. There will be an article posted with this interview with some episode notes and more importantly, an area to post your comments, your thoughts, your feedback and ideas for what Leah just shared with all of us, which is a great question to contemplate. So thank you for that, Leah. So let's talk about where we can find you and the team online, social media handles, websites or otherwise. Where can we find you? Sure. So our website is wildflowerhealth.com and I am very active on LinkedIn and can find me there, Leah Sparks. 
And we also have Twitter handles under at Wildflower Health and I have one under at Leah Spark. So feel free to find us there. Absolutely. And in the episode notes, so we'll also include all of those touch points for Leah and the team at Wildflower, as well as over at passionatepioneers.com. All right, Leah, this is my favorite part of spending time with leaders just like you. It's the back end of the grand finale for the podcast, and it's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? Because I'm inspired by the women and families that we serve. I'm inspired by the clinicians who are so generous with our, their time and help really guide us down the right path of how to be a better partner to them. And as much as anything, I'm inspired by the Wildflower Health team, people like Teresa, who you mentioned at the beginning, we have an amazing team of just under 100 people who have been working tirelessly to really bring this company to life and take what was a little nugget that Leah Sparks had eight years ago and really make it into something great. So that's why I'm so passionate. Well, thank you for that. And what a great way to close out this very important conversation today, Leah. Well, thank you for spending time with us today. I know how busy things are for all of us during this pandemic. So thank you for all that you're doing with the company to help address the needs of our country right now and into the future. But again, thank you for taking time to be with us today. We're rooting you on here a mile high in Denver, Colorado. Do keep us posted on all the wonderful things happening at Wildflower. But again, Leah, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.